What's up, everybody? We hope you're having a wonderful day. Whatever day it is where you're tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you're having a great day. You didn't but say what's up, everybody. this is another episode of Love That For You podcast with your hosts, Pat and Jules. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I feel like these weeks go by so quick. They it's have really been weird. flying by recently. Yeah, because we usually record every like Monday or Tuesday, and then episodes go live on Wednesday. And I just feel like every week, I'm like, wait, wow. It just comes around quick. I think everyone could probably agree how fast summer went. Mm-hmm. Um, it is officially fall. I think one thing that's making time go quicker right now is, and we noted this, what is it, last night when we were out for a walk, it, it's like the middle of fall already. Like, it feels like it's, like, cold. It's, it feels good. We had, like, one rainy day, and then it was, like, boom, cold. I know. I'm going, we are going to mm. pick out some fall things. I took out my Halloween stuff, even though it's not our house, blah, blah, blah. Going to get some pumpkins. I don't know. I like it. It feels good. I love fall. Fall is my favorite season. Yeah. I love a lot of things about fall. We've got yeah. football going on, the weather. I get to wear all my flannels, even though I don't have any. They're, I think they're all in storage. They're all in storage, <laughs> but got yeah. to have a pumpkin spice latte. That we was did. good. I'm excited for like hot apple cider. We've been trying to figure out like a, a football game to tailgate so we could do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had the Jewish New Year. If any of you guys are Jewish out there, welcome. <laughs> well, <laughs> because we happy are. Happy New Year is what you meant to say. But yes. Happy New Year. Um, I I don't know. Who knows? I am Jewish. I don't know mm-hmm. if people know that Pat is not. He partially is now, I guess. But we are in an inter... What was the word? I was going to say interracial, but that's not it. No. <laughs> inter... Faith? Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, um, so yeah, works. we celebrated with my family this past weekend. Um, and that was fun. We always just like to get together with our family anyway, so... We did that, and we have no really like life updates. We've been watching some shows. Actually, mm. last night, you guys, we started the Dahmer. Dahmer. Doc- it's not a documentary, but it's yeah. a real true story about that murder. Couldn't continue. Yeah. It a is, lot of people had, I was nauseous watching it. Like, yeah. A lot of people had recommended it to us. Um, we had seen it all over social media, so we're like, okay, let's just watch it. We didn't put too much into it. And we started watching at like 7.30, so it was dark out. We got through the first episode. Yeah. Mostly through it. Uh, there was one part <laughs> where we had the remote up, and we're like, okay, we're going to turn it off now. And we ended up getting through the first episode. Um, not sure if we're going to keep watching it. If we do watch it, we want to watch it around lunchtime while we're <laughs> yeah. bright and sunny Having out. a salad. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is I I would say that I'm intrigued by like murder shows and stuff like that, um, but I do get very anxious about them. And I was reading online while I was watching this because I heard it got a lot of bad press and I heard a lot of people that I follow talk about it being like, I literally could not watch it. They're really like glorifying the murders. Um, and there's a lot of angry people about this kind of talking about how the show is like really glorifying like each individual murder it's the first episode i won't give anything away but it's not gory mm-hmm. um but i think it's heading that way and um, it just was like so chilling like i mean in terms of like writing and production like they did an insane job yeah and i remember reading about evan peters i read it last night he was talking about how, playing the part he was like it was extremely hard for me to like he said it was extremely hard for him to get into that character and like get out of it 
mm-hmm. because it's so dark and it's just like to get in the mind of someone you can't really understand is like if you don't know what we're talking about it's a serial killer from the yeah, 80s or something jeffrey or, dahmer was a serial killer who 90s. would um murder and then he would eat part of his victims so yeah. just but not like like the yeah. most gruesome thing you could imagine yeah um so we'll see if we continue watching it or not i don't know. i we i mean after the first episode i was like i just didn't feel good watching it it was yeah. Not like your normal murder documentary or mystery type of thing. So I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. So we finished that and we finished that episode and we're like, well, we can't just go to bed right now. So we watched an episode of Selling the OC. Oh, yeah. Which was wonderful. Yeah. We're going to continue that. Yeah. Um, Although that's just like a big. um, Drama filled show. No, it's almost like mocking us, I feel like. What? Because every house on there is like big and gorgeous, and then it's like, and it's only listed for a hundred and six million. That was the first listing. Was yeah, the first listing. It was also I didn't even like the house. Yeah, it really wasn't. It was weird. Definitely not our style of a home, but but big and a private beach and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's definitely worth that. Just wasn't our style. Yeah, I'm also watching Tell Me Lies, which you're not watching, Mm -hmm. but that's a good one. And I'm watching Handmaid's Tale, so we got a few shows going on. Me. Yeah. Just me. I've been spending a lot of time watching football, which is a great thing for this time of the year. Yeah. I'm not really doing that. But that's it. Go watch. If you guys are into the murder shows, check it out. I don't know. Yeah. You might like it. Yeah. You've probably heard about it. You've probably seen some stuff. It's It's just, I feel sick thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's really it. Is that all we got? I don't know. Anything else? No, no, I don't think so. We have a big October. I do mm. a lot of planning. Um, my birthday's in October. I'm a Libra for all my Libra people. Mm. Excited, trying to plan something. It's kind of failing at the moment, but we'll see. Um, yeah, that's it. The beginning of these episodes, we don't always like. We kind of know. We go into the episode knowing like what the big topics are. And then the beginning, we're like, oh, let's give a life update. Let's talk about some stuff. Um, so sometimes there's more and sometimes there's not. We have a whole episode about, hold on, let me move this, about, we want to talk about like finances and personal finances. And I think, I don't know how this kind of came up, but, you know, we were talking about like getting your guys's in like feedback on like questions you want us to answer, which we will go through just about finance, personal finance, and a lot of the responses and a lot of people seem really stressed and overwhelmed by that. And I think that's like a valid thing Um, Mm -hmm. related to finance, but also just to like life in general. I was talking to somebody about like relationships and, you know, you're thinking about finances, thinking about money, all that stuff and had me thinking about just like life in general, of course, because that's what I tend to do is just think about life. Um, And I had this thought about, you know, how I'm always excited about like the next thing, like how we're always thinking about what's next. I'm thinking about, you know, our business in two years, five years, 10 years because of the work that I have put in now. And I'm like, where is it going to be? I'm so excited to see where we are in two years, to see where we are in five, to see where we are in 10 years. Um, When I'm having a really good day, I feel like I'm actually enjoying the process. Like I'm like, wow, it's going to be so fun to look back 
when I'm 90 years old and remember like the actual process, which I think is something that we always like forget. And I was telling this person and then I also saw like a TikTok and it was talking about just, you know, picture that you are 90 years old and you're looking back and you spent your entire life trying to figure out this shit. You spent your entire life either in the past or the future, not being present and just being like stressed about the future, money, finances, whatever it is to literally get to what? Like that is kind of like the question is like when you look, if you look back and you're like, I have all these goals and these things I want to accomplish and I'm looking to the future, but I'm not actually enjoying what I'm doing. And I think what I said to Pat and to this other person and I saw through TikTok and I was just like, we literally have, like, it's so cool that we get to, like, do this type of work or do whatever type of work every day to get to the goal, of course. But it's, like, so, I was, like, it's actually just so fun that we get to, like, work on this and do stuff like this together. You know, sometimes I get stressed about, like, our relationship with work and all this stuff. But then I'm, like, wait, it's actually so cool that we get to work on stuff like this And I want to be 90 years old and wrinkly one day looking back being like, how fun was that? Like that we got to do that in our life. Like that was part of the process and the process was actually fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you sent me that TikTok and kind of the sentiment behind it I love. The sentiment behind everything you're saying I love. It's a matter of us in our everyday lives. And I'm saying me and you and I think probably a lot of you listeners, like we are so focused on the past and the future that we miss out on every day. Um, we miss out on enjoying the process. We miss out on the good that is actually in our life because all we can think about is, you know, our next house or our next job or our next boyfriend or our next girlfriend or our that, yeah. that we miss out on so much of everyday happiness. It's like we literally have to enjoy getting to the goal or the goal is not going to feel as good as we think the goal is going to feel. Yeah. I mean, this is a a ongoing philosophical debate. Like, does the end justify the means? And for us, and I think the way we think about it, like, yeah, we one day want to be in that $106 million property in the OC that we saw on Selling Sunset. But what are we willing to give up to get there? And for a lot of people, the end does justify the means. They're so focused on getting to that $106 million house that they work all day, that they don't have great relationship with their spouse and kids, that they, you know don't enjoy everyday life and those things are like that's a sacrifice that those people are willing to give up to get to that that end goal yeah and when we think about it yeah there's a lot that we sacrifice there's a lot that we give up but i don't think we're willing to give up everything to get to where we want to get to no and i don't think you should either i think that like The point of it is like you're never going to get time back. Like you're never Mm -hmm. going to be 18 again. You're never going to be 30 again. You're never going to be 40 again. Like you, every moment goes by and you're, that time is done. Like you don't have that time. So of course there's days where we're stressed about money or we're stressed about relationships or whatever it is. But 
I guess like when you find yourself in a good moment and a good day, that is what happened to me where I was just like, wait, it's actually so fun that we get to like work on this business that we're passionate about and we can continue to work on it to get to, of course, a goal. Of course, there's a goal in mind, but we're also enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just about when you get that moment, right? Because that moment that you're talking about where you were like, wow, this does feel really good. Like then it's clear and apparent the times when you really need to work to find and create those moments that it's about not only just like in those moments, but it's in those days when you're like, this is hard. I'm not happy. Things are not great. Like, how do I find it within myself on those days to still be grateful, to still be happy, to still understand this is part of the process. Therefore, I need to embrace this. It's not just when things are good, I need to be grateful. It's when things don't feel like they should feel or they don't feel great. How can I still be grateful? No, but I think, well, no, but I think the times where you are feeling good is when you can appreciate it more. And then that'll help you in the times where you're not feeling good to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing because I remember that day when I was feeling amazing. Like, I'm just saying that that moment is easier to be like, yeah, I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. because all these good things are happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to kind of like latch on and, you know, use those moments when you do feel great, when you aren't feeling your best to be like, no, that's the feeling I want. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm reminding myself. And I've myself. had it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of maybe a good segue into the bulk of this episode, which we're going to be talking about um, money and personal finances. And um, we know that's something that's pretty widespread. The, the, what Julia was talking about earlier, just the whole like everyday stressors and the reality is that money is a huge stress for just about everybody. I mean, when we when we started kind of thinking up the idea of this episode, we were like digging around trying to find some some stats um and it it's crazy what's out there that um I think it was like 75% of people listed money and finances as their number one stress. which is crazy. That is three out of every four people said that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another stat was just um, that money-related issues is the number two cause of divorce and the number one uh, cause of divorce being infidelity or cheating. So right after that comes money issues. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just kind of speaking candidly, like I'm stressed about money. I know you're stressed about money. The reality is most, if not all of the people listening to this episode are stressed about money. And for us, it was like, once we can get past saying we're stressed about it, that it is on our mind, that it's on all of our minds, then we can move forward to have a conversation of like, okay, how do we help each other? How do we share ideas? How do we share stuff that is practical and useful and can kind of help hopefully bring all of us a little bit of comfort. I think the thing about it being stressed about it too is like people are stressed about money even if they don't have to be. Like Mm -hmm. I'm stressed about money and realistically I don't have to be right now. But that doesn't mean I'm not. Like it's it's a fear of unknown. It's a fear of what if and all Mm -hmm. of these things that make money a big part of your life and it's stressful. Yeah. Definitely. I think even when you, there was another stat I saw that was something like 
they surveyed people who made less than $50,000 a year. Like what was the level of stress related to money for them? It was the same as people who made more than like 150000 Yeah. So it wasn't like money was the cure to that stress. It was a more like an understanding of money and a like self-comfort with it. It wasn't that you needed more money to cause less stress. Like that wasn't the... the Isn't there like that statistic about, I don't know if it's a factual thing about like if you make like $100,000 a year... Yeah. Then you're you should be happy, but nothing over that is going to make you happier. Yeah. It was a stat around how people like self-identified their general happiness, and with like a higher income leading up to like it was like ninety four thousand, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit more money would mean a little bit more happiness, but once you hit that breaking point, it like completely plateaued. Yeah. So once you were making a certain number. That even if you quadrupled that, you were no more happy than you were when you were making whatever you were. Well, it's Um, interesting because I'm thinking about like the people that like work, you know, these crazy finance jobs or people that make so much money mm -hmm. and that seem a lot less happy, but they're still reaching this goal of like one, two, three, five million dollars a year. Yeah. What is something that they want? Yeah. Well, and for me, I tie that back to what we were talking about earlier. Everybody wants to make more money. Why? Right. Why? Like, what is it going to enable you to do? What is it going to enable you not to do? What is it going to change? And if you're just chasing that like fictional number that is more money, then you're you're chasing that you're looking to the future and I'll be happy when I get there. Like you're missing out on the the everyday little things that could make you happy, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. So I think actually before we get into this, we just have to caveat caveat this disclaimer. episode. Here's our disclaimer. We are absolutely not financial advisors if you have specific questions if you have um any questions we have to recommend you go to your financial advisor you go to somebody who is certified and able um to help you our uh intention with this episode is to just talk about personal finances to give our perspective to give our thoughts on it but we are absolutely not uh, financial advisors and therefore we can't I think, claim to be. Yeah, I think it's just we like to give, you know, tips on what we've learned or how we do things for people. Um, none of it is obviously expert. And I don't know what you would even call an expert, but take our advice with, I don't know, a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah. Because like just because this is what we do or this is how much money we make or whatever doesn't mean it's the same for you. Yeah, of course. definitely. Um, all right, so should we get into it? Yeah. And so kind of the way we want to work through this episode, you're going to hear Julia and I talk about like our finances um, and our costs and our everything. And then we'll get into um, like a lot of the questions and thoughts, the stuff that was written in. So, um, So I think the big thing just for us to like start talking about um i mean we are always trying to raise the number of dollars coming in the door but really for us kind of what we've we've been working on recently is how do we not control but how do we come up with a better understanding of the money going out the door so like our expenses Mm -hmm. 
So actually, this was a, a pretty recent thing for us. We sat down and we were like, okay, here's some of our biggest expenses. And I guess we can, you know, candidly get into it. Um, you guys know we don't own a house and we don't really, I mean, we do pay rent. That's probably our biggest monthly expense. Actually, um, right now it's insurance. <laughs> yeah, true. But that's changing soon. Yeah. So our, um, yeah, our, our insurance bill for the two of us for a month is like $1,100. Which, let's not even go there because it is, I think that's, I mean, I think we've known for a while that we're paying too much for insurance. Yeah. I think it led after Pat left his job and we kind of kept the same insurance and we've been, we're changing it this fall so that we don't pay as much, but that's our biggest monthly Yeah, our biggest biggest monthly expense being our insurance, which like I said is $1,100. The second biggest thing would then be our car payment, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what is it? Four twenty a month. Yeah, and part of that is, which I think is high, um, a high car payment. Part of that is between us, like we're a one car family, mm-hmm. and we needed a car that was big enough. I mean, we drive a Jeep Wrangler, so it's not like we're driving anything luxurious, but we needed something that had the big enough trunk for. And it's cute. And it's cute. And we like it. (laughs) We like it. And we've put too many miles on it. But that's a different conversation. Um, And then some of our other like consistent costs that are not, I guess, not huge, but uh, when added together are meaningful. So right now we have a storage unit that um, a lot of our stuff is in, um, which is like just under $200 a month. We have our car insurance, which is like $100 a month. We have gym memberships that are like $50 a month. What are the other ones I'm forgetting? Just like um, different like work bills, I would say, like our Canva subscription and our like website. Yeah, but website. that's not personal finance. But why? That's just why? Because those are business expenses. Oh, okay. Which... which and, you know, for us, that's a little bit different because our businesses are so tied to us as individuals that there is like a like a clear but blurred line between personal finance yeah. and business so finance. The stuff that we so. are able to like write off and stuff like that. That Yeah, you know. definitely. And then the other big expenses that we don't have like nailed down to a T is our like food and entertainment. Like you're saying um, we just don't really keep track. I, I mean, we keep track of it in a way that like we see it on our yeah. bills. But, but we're we not don't... budgeting to that T. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just and, and because we're not. Yeah. We're not right now. The, um, you know, we, we grocery shop probably twice every week. We probably eat out twice every week. We probably go out for drinks once a week, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, to be honest, I mean, like we don't have a lot of payments, no. like because we don't have a house, because we're not paying rent, because we only have one car, because we don't have kids, we don't have a ton of payments. And honestly, that feels really good. And that's a good part of like where we're at right now, why we're able to maybe do more things or, mm-hmm. you know, be in a better situation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing for us that is... I don't want to say like that has been good 
is like we both have student loans. So student loans, like federal student loans being pushed back the time you have to pay them off. I think between us right now, we have like $25,000 worth of student loans. Um, when I got out of college, I had like $100,000 worth of student loans. Um, you didn't have as much, but you know, we, we still are both working to pay those off now. We aren't sure what's going to happen with the um, recent student loan forgiveness. We don't know if we're going to be able to take advantage of that. One part that just kind of makes it blurry for us is when we got married, whether or not we are um, like combined or not within there. But that that's like a big thing for us. And I know there were some people who wrote in Should about we read some of them? student loans. Yeah. And then, you know, really also kind of being candid, our income is something that is inconsistent, um, not inconsistent in the way of uh, like, we don't know if we're going to get paid this month, but it's inconsistent with like what the income looks like. And that's something that we've had to deal with and had to work through when I made the decision to leave, you know, my last job, which was a W-2 job. So, you know, the 15th and 30th of every month, I got my paycheck. It was exactly the same. It was stable. It was there. I never thought twice about it. Whereas now, you know, it's not as 15th and 30th of every month. It's, you know, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just we have like multiple streams of income. So they kind of all come at different times. Um, But yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into some of these questions and some of these things that people wrote in. So this is how to manage your money out of college and pay off student loan debt. Um, You know, I obviously relate with having some student loans. I feel like blessed that I didn't have what I know some people have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some people who come out of college with, you know, $250,000 of loans. And that is scary. I don't know you know, that feeling, whatever the amount is, um, that I feel like has to be a big part of the saving until you're finished with that. Because obviously you want to pay that off and not rack up all this interest. Um, And I feel like that just kind of goes into like whatever job you have, like you set aside a portion of that money for your student loans. And it Mm -hmm. can be the minimum, I guess, which for a while when I got out of college, I was paying for the first year, I think I was paying just like the exact minimum. Mm-hmm. everything so it was like a hundred dollars a month or something that yeah. i had to pay yeah yeah i mean it's a definitely knowing the de- demographic of like us and our listeners like student loans are a huge thing that a lot of people are dealing with um think of it like any other expense right it's a consistent like you pay your rent like you pay your car payment every month it's going to be there it's coming out of your you know your your, your top line there um and just make sure that one, you're able to pay it off and two, that you're paying off an amount that you're comfortable with. And that is really only a number that like you can determine because, you know, I, one, not knowing exactly what's coming in and then what you're comfortable with. Um, another thing that I think is important to think about or understand when you think about student loans or credit card debt or anything that one, you don't want it to be like out of control and having student debt and having like credit cards 
can actually be a really useful tool. Um, if you are able to consistently make your credit card payments and your student debt payments, that can uh, really impact your credit score, which will impact you know, your, your um, interest rates with new credit cards or when you buy a car or buy something big. So debt necessarily isn't like a terrible thing, but you don't want to be in a position where debt is continually growing and growing and the interest is adding up. You know, make sure that those are things that you can pay down. Yeah. Speaking of credit cards. So I have two credit cards now and I'm very like new to the credit card world. I'd say in the last year because I was very afraid of myself and how I would be, which now that I'm realizing it actually the way I'm fearful of my, I don't think I spend a lot, but just my, that fear around it made me like super cautious. So I have like a work credit card and I have a credit card now that I use for basically everything because I get rewards and travel points and that's why I got the credit card. Um, that one's actually the AA Advantage like Citibank card. So it's like American Airlines card. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has just like really good travel perks. And because we travel a good amount, I was like, that makes sense. And now basically I'll use that and then I'll pay it off pretty much right away with like my debit card. Um, and the other credit card I have is a work credit card. So I use that for anything work related because I do get to write a lot of things off. Mm -hmm. Um, so for that, I use my other credit card. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I just kind of learned a lot about credit cards recently and learning that like it actually, you know, it helps your credit if you're able to pay it off and like it's a good thing to have. And also it gives you a lot of leeway with being like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to get this amount of money this month, so I'm going to buy this and to not feel as um, overwhelmed by it. But I can say that I was so overwhelmed by like just different amounts of payments and all that stuff at one point in my life because I was like scared that I wasn't going to be able to pay it off. So credit cards always really scared me, but I think it's kind of like a good outlet outlook for it as well this one i like it says the line between treating yourself and penny pinching to save and i think we talked about this with my brother one time but i always talk to him about it because it's like we will like go and we'll you know we'll get coffee and we'll spend the extra five ten fifteen dollars a week on coffee because one we like the coffee two it's an experience for us and people that are like you know, I'm going to, I understand that I want to save the $5, but in the long run, like the experience and the happiness that you're getting out of the $5 is not going to break your bank account later in life. Like the little things are really not things that you have to worry about, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like penny pinching is just not something you should do, I think, or worry about unless you like really, really, really have to. Yeah. Um, Because I just think that if you're smart with the things you spend and if you're not going overboard and getting like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 like in credit card debt and you want to buy a coffee, then buy the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're saying and to me that like how it translates, there's, there's a personal aspect to personal finance. So if you are somebody who's like, no, I'm happy to spend the $5 for a coffee because I'm going to not buy the big, I don't need to upgrade to first class or like, I don't want to buy the $5 coffee because I do want to upgrade to first class or I want to be able to buy shoes or I want to be able to go to dinner or like, however you are, um, like categorizing the things that you want to do. And like, for us, like coffee and the experience of coffee, 
we like. So we, we spend money on that. We also have, you know, other ways that we are saving those, you know, $5 a day or $5 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that, that's just got to fit into your, I guess, like bigger picture of how you think about your finances. There's a lot here I want to get through. Um, best way to resist wanting to buy everything on, you see on social media. This is such a real thing. And I remember the last last year holidays, I did like a disclaimer before I started posting stuff because I was like, I just need to tell you guys that like whatever, for me personally, I don't know how every other influencer works or whatever you see, but I'm like, these are just tips, tricks, ideas for you guys. And that's the part of my job. That's what I do. Like I'm supposed to share ideas and tips and tricks um, and things that I like. And there is no pressure from me for anyone to buy anything. Like if anything, it's like, here's inspiration for how you can put something together with the things that you have or whatever. Mm -hmm. Of course, a lot of it is, yeah, there's this, it's a great product. You should buy it because I think you'd like it. Um, but I think you have to really think about like what you actually need versus what you just want and what you see, what you think is a trend versus what you think is something that's going to last a while, what's practical. And obviously that is, that's in regards to the amount of money you make and what you're able to do with it. So if you think that you buy a lot on social media and it's not all worth it, then you can start understanding that and not doing that anymore. Yeah. I'm definitely not somebody who buys off of social media or buys. I mean, I don't really buy Like I bought myself a pair of overalls last week, um, yeah. which you don't really I'm buy anything thrilled about, but yeah, I, for me, the things are not like my outlet. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess I can't, I just can't relate with that. And you know, if it's not something you're, you're, you need, or you really want, you just think you're like, Oh man, this is a sparkly object in front of me right now. Um, just like be aware that that's how you are and don't buy stuff. Yeah. Concern for building a family and having to take off when I want to have a baby. This is something I think about all the time. Mm -hmm. I get concerned about thinking about when I have a child and I think luckily for me, I won't have to take off, but for anybody, like you still will need time off. You still will have mm -hmm. to think about that. So I think, um, you have to kind of really be planning for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think for like any big event or big purchase, like being prepared for it in the most way possible is going to help you um, with your confidence and more comfort. Um, I also think like family planning and from a, like a financial perspective for us is like a stressor. Like, okay, how do we think about being able to afford, like, can I afford kids? Like, who knows? Like, I don't know what those bills are going to look like. And we've also never like sat down and thought about it. But I don't, the way I'm thinking about it for us, like our big next purchase will be a house. So we have kind of like, okay, here's what we think we can afford because we've put into like, like a, a spreadsheet that says like, okay, if we make this, if these are our costs, here's what we can afford and still be able to, you know, do other, do things. other things. Yeah, yeah. And not be so wrapped up. And I think that's the way it is with like any, if you're adding kids, right. If you want to have a kid and you're like, okay, here's my current costs, like break it down, type it into a Google sheet, type it into an Excel. Like here's how much money I make. It says up in the top left corner, $50,000. Here's how much I spend every month. 
that leaves me with this. And if it leaves me with a few thousand dollars, can I afford to have a kid within that price? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, then great. If the answer is no, then, you know, oh, I can cut out buying all this stuff from, you know, that I see on Instagram and that saves me 500 bucks. Okay. Now I feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I think these are just things that you can like practically tangibly go do that helps you, that can help you understand money and understand like your personal finances. So this is um, one, well, okay. Hmm. How do you stop feeling guilty for treating yourself with having a lot of responsibilities, aka bills and such? I feel like I do this to myself all the time. I think everybody mm -hmm. does. I am in a great place and I feel like I am like, okay, I, you know, every month or every whatever, whenever I get paid, I put like most of my money into like certain things. And then I have leftover money. And even if I want to spend that, I still feel guilty. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a reason to feel guilty. And I think that's kind of what this is. Like you are allowed to use your money. You don't have to be saving for ever and ever and ever. Like, yes, you should be saving for certain things. But there's also amount of money you're being paid to go enjoy things, enjoy life. Go to a sporting game. Go to a concert. You know, yeah. buy that bag. Buy, go to dinner. Like, treat somebody else. Like, just there's reasons that you are supposed to use your money. And a lot of us are really strapped up in, like, just saving. And, you know, I think about it both ways. I know people that are obsessed with saving. And that's all they do. And they don't spend their money at all. And they're so, and they won't even buy, like, that $5 coffee because they can get it for $1 at the cheaper place. That's gross. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are like obsessed with, you know, buying and they don't want to save at all. You have to find a happy medium of I'm going to save and I'm also going to enjoy my life. Yeah. Yeah. If you're making money, there's I don't think there's any need to feel guilty with if you're spending it as long as you're not like it's not hurting anybody else or it's not affecting anybody else. You're not if you're getting your bills paid and you're getting your responsibilities done, then there you go. Use yeah. some leftover money, save some of it and spend some of it. Yeah, I, I remember when I got out of college and I had I went through a bunch of different career changes right out of college. None of them were like stuff I was really in love with and none of it was making a lot of money. And I remember one time having a conversation with my mom and dad and my dad's perspective was um, like super detailed and think about this, 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 this. And then my mom was like, well, can you pay all your bills? And I was like, yeah. She's like, can you you can eat and drink? whenever you want it's like yep she's like okay then you're good don't worry yeah. about anything else like as long as you can sustain what you're doing now like saving and investing is the cherry on top and super important like absolutely those should be huge considerations but if you're paying all your bills and you can eat and drink then like you're in a good spot yeah i think some people want to know like if we have like a strategy for paying off credit card bills, like something that we do that maybe people don't know of. Um, I think the only thing that I can really say is I pay everything off like pretty much right away. Mm -hmm. Like if I have a, you know, a week where or two weeks and it's a thousand dollars on my credit card, I'm like, I am paying that off because I know that if I see that number go up to certain like $5,000, I'm going to just be so stressed out. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not using my credit card and spending on anything that I cannot pay off immediately. Mm -hmm. Like if I have my debit card and I have my credit card and I have X amount in my debit card and then I have, I'm spending X amount on my credit card. I know that my debit card can completely pay that off. Yeah. And it's not always the case. It doesn't always have to be that way. 
Yeah. But that's just kind of how I like to work it. And then I'm back down to zero on my credit card and I can kind of start over and continue that. Yeah. And that's just personal. Yeah. I obviously. think a lot of people would say, you know, credit cards um, sometimes make you feel like you have money that you don't have. And because they can, you know, you can get approved for a you know, a few thousand dollars on a credit card without having anything in cash to be able to pay off that bill. Right. And so making sure that with your credit card, you are in a position where at the end of every month you are paying it off. Um, and then that's being able, that's like taking advantage and utilizing credit cards as a tool because you, you're you getting get cash back, you get yeah. perks and, and all you're doing is just paying it off and you're helping mm -hmm. your credit and you're, you know, building that up. Um, so this one is, what do you do when your man wants you to sign a prenup and you don't feel good about it? Um, I feel like this is an interesting one because we didn't go through this, but I actually know somebody who will, or I think they've talked about doing that. So I know somebody and I know that people do this, obviously like famous people do this. And like, it's when I first thought about prenups, I was like, that sounds so, I don't know. It's hard to go into a marriage being like, okay, well, if this happens, like you're not getting any of my money and I'm not getting any of your money. Um, when I feel like that kind of sets a tone in the marriage. But at the same time, there are certain things that people have assets and stuff that, you know, for example, you own a farm and that's mm -hmm. worth a ton of money and you don't really do anything with the farm and your significant other is coming in. And then if they divorce you and I don't know, do all of this stuff, they can now own the farm or something like yeah. that. And it's like <clears throat> things like that where you kind of just I understand the process of why people do it. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think it is for some people. Yeah. Yeah. That's not something, I mean, we can't really, when, when we got it. together, we were both broke. Um, and so that wasn't really, neither of us owned anything. So it wasn't really a conversation for us. I don't even know if we ever no. mentioned it to each other. Um, but I can see a lot of instances where it makes a ton of sense where, and not because oh, I don't trust you or, oh, this relationship might not work out. I don't want you taking my money. Like, yeah, that can happen. And if if that's what's going on, then like there's your red flag. Um, But yeah, the example that Julia said where, you know, if, if there are different assets within your family, like uh, let's just give an example. My parents own a beach house, mm -hmm. right? They own their beach house. When they pass away, that beach house will be passed on to the kids. Mm -hmm. Let's say you and I are married. That asset, the beach house, is something that will be in my family. So if you and I got divorced and my ownership on that beach house, you then took 50% of. Mm -hmm. So now me and my six siblings and Julia, even though we're divorced, now own this house together. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a little bit like, okay, maybe adding that into a prenup would make sense. Yeah, I think um, you're obviously, this person's like, what do you do when your man wants to sign it? You don't feel good about it. I think you have to really like talk to them about being like, you need to give me like specific reasons on why. Because I think, you know, if there's reasons like that or reasons that just make sense, then mm. I think there's, maybe you won't feel amazing about it, but it makes sense and it's like practical and reasonable. Yeah. Um, I don't see other circumstances on why it would be like necessary unless you have certain assets like that that you want to protect from your family yeah. but I mean, one of them would be if i ha if we had started businesses before we got married right if i had my business and then we got married and then i owned the business and then we got married and now we own the business and then we divorce and you get or you take part of the bit like that's another reason like mm -hmm. th there are definitely a lot of reasons why it does make sense 
Yeah. And then obviously somewhere it doesn't. People are like, did you ever go through credit card debt? If so, how did you manage? Isn't that like, like credit card debt is like you buy something, right? Yeah. And then now you have a debt. Yeah. So I think when people say they're caught in credit card debt, so if they're struggling going out of your means, right? Yeah. But let's say um, we accrue credit card debt and we have a minimum payment we need to make every month that is more than what we make in our income in a month. But why would it be that? Because credit card just keeps building. Oh, because of interest. Yes, because of interest or because of like too big of purchases. If you buy, you know, $10,000 and your minimum purchase is, or your minimum, maybe not 10,000, or if you buy something for $30,000 and your minimum credit card payment every month is a few thousand dollars, but you can't afford that few thousand dollars, then every month that 30,000 original payment is going up by a few percentages. So that is, and that's what happens to a lot of people. That is very common. And um, I know that if that was the case for Julia and I, we would not be able to handle that stress that nope. we would both be getting I would be... nighttime jobs <laughs> to try and raise the income to whatever part possible yeah. to be able to pay that off um, every month or in bulk. Yeah. Um, there's a big one a lot of people are talking about. Maybe we can just go over Okay. a lot about just as an engaged married pair couple, what do you combine? What do you keep separate? Do you combine all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. So when I was growing up, my parents, my dad worked and my mom basically raised us. She left her job, all of that. And she had a few jobs throughout like their marriage and stuff. But they've always had everything combined. Like mm-hmm. they have combined bank accounts combined credit cards stuff like that and i think maybe i don't know if that's like more normal back in the day i don't know yeah um we do not have that we have our own accounts that we both are aware of like i know what's in your bank accounts you know what's in my bank accounts Mm -hmm. i think we maybe have like one or two shared credit cards or something yeah um it's all preference is my point is like there's not really a right way to do it um, it depends if what you guys decide. You get married and you decide that you're going to work and your partner's not going to work. Well, then in that case, you might need to have something combined. Yeah. Um, or you're both working and you don't need to do that, but you want to have a family. So you have one credit card or bank account that is shared for that. Like, mm-hmm. I think people get really stressed out about this because they're like, well, if we're not combining everything, then like we're not sharing anything and we're just living our separate financial lives. And then, you know. It's all, there's not one way to yeah. do it. Yeah, there's definitely different ways to kind of go about that. The engaged, married, merge of finance finances. Like whether or not you want to, like they are merged, right? They are, if if you pass away, everything that's in your accounts yeah. become. Like, and it changes. It, it, it changes over time. Yeah. And I think the big way I think about it is if one person is spending more than the other person, then that's where it can come into like a little bit of an issue. Or if one person is only using their money to pay for bills while the other person is buying all the fun stuff, it's like, well, I'm stuck paying the boring stuff while you get to buy new shoes and I can't afford shoes because I paid our electricity bill. Mm -hmm. And that's where having like a merged 
place where you can see everything together or into one account can be super beneficial. As long as you are like sharing the money, but also like sharing the responsibility and mm. the good and bad responsibility, right? Like, yeah, like I think you could have a bank account that's like, this is a bank account that we share and we put spending money into it and we can spend or a bank yeah. account that we share that's for you put savings into or this is our weekly spend account for groceries, bills, all that stuff. And like you both are putting money into it. Mm -hmm. um, or I think a lot of people just combine everything and then they share it and they have each have a credit card or a debit card for that bank account. And yeah, it's kind of just a lot of trust too to know that you're not going to like do go overboard or lie about something or yeah no. so yeah i think obviously your question is is do we combine incomes or stay on separate accounts i think that's like all preference and like definitely a conversation you should have i actually remember us having that conversation when we before we were engaged we were like okay let's i remember sitting on our beds together on your bed in dc and being like can let's look at everything like what do we have mm -hmm. and like we calculated exactly how much money we had how much did we have at that point? Like six, $611. Okay. And we just bought a $400 train ticket so you can should go home. We, should we combine this or yeah. not? Um, do you, okay, I, you can do a few more. Do you want me? I haven't read one and you've said. Yeah, yeah, well, sorry. I just um, got carried away. So I'm just kidding. Here's one, one that actually has nothing to do with finances, but just somebody wrote in, why don't people talk about this? Um, mm, yeah. What do you think about that one? Um, so actually, I think it's starting to be talked about more in my industry. Um, you know, me and my other friends who do the same thing, we actually do talk about it a lot. And I think it is one, it's very helpful, but it's also intimidating. Um, I've talked about it with my friends. Like we kind of know how much each other makes and it's, you know, part of it is motivating for the people that make more than me. Part of it is, you know, exciting to know where I've come from, like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason that people don't talk about it is, one, you don't know where people come from. That's a whole thing. People yeah. can have a lot of money because they were handed it down. Everybody comes from somewhere new, somewhere different, and it's just – it's hard to compare your financial situation to somebody else's. You can make $100,000 and somebody else can make $100,000 salaries, but they have a whole load of money yeah. sitting behind them and you don't. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people get really judgmental. I think people, you know, you feel judged or you're judging other people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why people don't like to talk about it. I think in terms of a business standpoint and learning and being like, you know, not caring about what other people make because it's their lives and that's not your lives. But if you want to learn from somebody um, and how somebody got to this, then I feel like it is beneficial and it is helpful to understand other people and what they make and being able to talk about, you know, money with other people is like a good thing. Yeah. I think it's like any, I mean, it's a, something that is hugely important on a very personal level. And it's definitely like a social status. It's a social signal, like, you know, people who the haves and the have nots. And I think everybody always assumes that everybody else is better off than them. And um, I think that makes it hard to talk about. I think people are always like, 
you know, well, I'm not sure where I come in. Should I be confident or should I be insecure? And most of us are insecure around talking about money. Um, I think one thing that has been helpful for us as a, and there are questions here, how do you discuss finances with, with, with each other as a couple? How do you talk to other couples about how much money they have or what they're doing with it? Um, there are a lot of questions about going about that. And I think every time we talk about it with each other or with other people, we feel better about it. We realize that, yeah, other people might have more cash, but we have more investments or other people might have more investments, but we have real estate or like there are different things and it all, um, like comes back to the personal side of personal finance and we're all always going to be striving to you know make more money to do better in our careers and an understanding of um like where other people are and that other people are in the same boat can provide a lot of comfort yeah um there's another question here that says who did you guys go to for advice um and for me it was like I would say my dad and a few of my friends. Um, I have a few friends that I have no idea, like if they're, I know they're very financially well versed, meaning that they understand money, they understand personal finances, and they've been helpful for me. Yeah. And, you know, with my dad, it was um, just a good conversation with him, many conversations with him. Because I know his position and his position is always just save, save, save. My dad is one of the cheapest people I know. <laughs> and But that's afforded him a lot of things now that he's diving into that savings. Yeah. And, um, and I do think if you're in a position where you're like, wow, I want to ask somebody or I want to have a conversation. Like other people are willing to have these conversations and uh, – Older folks are are willing to kind of tell you their opinion and their perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that it's not something that you need to um, shy away from. I yeah. think one thing that was and actually pretty frustrating for me for a while. So when I was at my previous two jobs, one of the perks of the jobs were you know uh, the companies were uh, contributing to my four hundred one k my retirement fund, and I remember all the time. Like on numerous occasions, Googling, do I, I'm 30 years old, do I have enough money? I'm 28 years old, do I have enough money? And there's no answer I know, to that, that is which something is I like think so frustrating. Like I just wish, I don't know, I wish uh, Goldman Sachs would put out, like if you're 25 and you have $4,000, you're good. <laughs> if you're 30 and you have $12,000, you're good. Like, yeah. it would you're just in a great be, spot or like a spectrum. Like yeah. that would be very helpful, actually. It would be To really be like, helpful. this is the majority of. You know, I'm about to be 28. It's like if you're 28 and this is how much you have, well, the majority has this, and and like that would just yeah. tell you where you and stand. You're fine. Yeah, and the one of the conversations I remember having recently, where I was seeking financial advice, is I called one of my buddies who works in real estate, and I was like, "Just talk me through this. Like, I want to make sure I have enough money for a down payment and potential renovations." And he's like, "Well, for a." you know, $500,000 house, you need to have $100,000. And I'm like, okay, like then, then at least, and that was just like an example number. You don't like, that's not an exact number. But then I was like, okay, if I know I want to buy a $500,000 house, then I can now define or refine my Zillow search. Mm -hmm. And I can also start thinking about, okay, well, that means I need to save 
X amount more dollars to be able to do it in three years because yeah. I want to, that's when I want to be able to have a house or. I also think to start thinking about things like some people were like, how do you even start thinking about buying a house? And I'm like, good question. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I feel like recently, because we've been talking about it a lot more, I think we've probably been talking about it for about a year. We've been doing like research. We've been learning. We've been like looking on Zillow. I already do feel a lot more knowledgeable about that and I still don't know what I'm doing and I still have like no idea, but I feel like I am coming around to the idea of like, okay, this makes sense and this makes sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, et cetera. And I just feel like once you think about stuff and start doing something, then it just kind of comes easier and you start learning more and yeah, stuff like that. So Yeah. And as I'm like sitting here scrolling through more of these comments that we got, there there are two things that stand out to me. One is that a lot of people have written in around like what I would say like habits with money. Like how do I avoid buying this? How do I Mm -hmm. say no to the coffee? How do I not do this? Which is all like human practice, right? It's A lot of it is how you grew up too. Yeah, but it's all like, like how do I habits. control myself? And because you're already in a position, like you're asking and writing in, how do I not do this? Then you you know you shouldn't do it, so don't do it. Like there's a lot of like yeah. self, um, self-control self in there or not. And like and people want to be- make sure that they're doing it right or that they're okay. And Yeah, uh, of course. That, that's what know. people are looking for. People are looking for the confidence that they're doing it right. And and. Or validation. I would say yes. The validation is you are. Everybody's in this boat. And then the second most common common, uh, thing that people wrote in is like, where do I start? How do I start saving? Where do I go Mm -hmm. for this? And stuff like that, there's so much out there. I mean, we did an episode like this maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And, you know, we we talked a lot about like starting saving on there. And, you know, the, the, the way to start is just to start like put a savings account, create a saving account that you're never going to use. You're only going to put money into. And then every week, put a hundred dollars into it. Every month, put a thousand, like something, just start yeah. saving. Um, you know, and then when you've got enough in that, then put it into an investment account and, and just like keep the process going. Um, and a lot of that, while there's no like Google answer for, do I have enough money? There is a ton of good content out there on Google of like, how to start saving, where to start. Like, yeah. Also, know. there's this app. I think it's called Truebill or maybe it changed. I know it changed its name. I don't know if it changed from Truebill or to Truebill. Um, but this goes through your bank account and it takes it after a month or two, it'll show you all your reoccurring payments. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it and how they see they, were, they have like 10 monthly payments and they didn't even realize. So it's like a fun, fun. Yeah. Kind of a fun app if you want to just see what you are paying monthly and what you can cut out and stuff like that. Maybe things that you're not using, maybe they're apps, maybe they're, you know, Netflix accounts or things like that that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was paying for this. So just to kind of go through your stuff and like understand what you are paying for every month. Um, and for us, like every few months we'll go over stuff like that. Like we are very yeah. good about being like, okay, what are we doing? You know, where are we at? Mm-hmm. So definitely. And I don't think we use that app, Truebill. No, I haven't but used it's, it. It's an example of a tool that is out there to yeah. help. There, there are a lot of these tools, and you know, like when you buy or use anything, like search reviews. We're not giving a promotion for it. No, like we, we don't know. We haven't used it, but heard good things. Yeah. Okay, I think that's it. 
this is a long episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Um, I know there was a lot of questions. I think we tried to answer the majority of them just to make sure we came across like, you know, our our thoughts and our opinions and what we do and hopefully being open and honest with you guys about this topic because everybody, you can make a bajillion dollars a year. You're still going to be stressed about something. So um, yeah, I hope that was helpful. Let us know if it was or if you, you know, have any tips for other people. Follow us on our Instagram at Love That For You Pod um, and TikTok. And that's it. We'll see you guys next week. See everybody.